awaited savior of humanity, Imam al-Mahdi alayhi salam, my respected teachers, elders, brothers and sisters. Assalamu alaikum jami'an wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. I call myself and all of you towards piety, God consciousness in our religion, in our practices. Our two series previously that we have been looking at on our Friday sermons, the first one since the New Year's has been to look at effective listening and the way in which we can better our own listening as individuals, be it in the majlis or when we dialogue together. The second series that we completed last week was the question of epistemology and where we get our knowledge from and where we don't take our knowledge from. And the idea that the world that we live in today has so many differences of opinion, sometimes it is difficult for us to know whom to trust, where to subscribe our listening to. <laughs> our series from today, inshallah, moves to the new series and allows us to continue this uh, theme of discussions that allows us to think about our knowledge, how we deal with each other as per the prophetic wisdom and mission of the Holy Prophet of Islam, Rasulullah Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sallam. And our series from this week, insha'Allah, will be under the title of Adab al-Ikhtilaf. How we navigate ethically, responsibly, through differences of opinion that arise amongst ourselves. I can't begin to emphasize the importance of this topic. It is obvious to say that when differences of opinion arise in our community, be it familial, be it political, be it religious, sometimes there are individuals in our community who respond in a negative way. Often we see text messages flying around, we see emails flying around, we see videos flying around, and sometimes we don't even know who has created these things or where they have got some of these ideas. Islam teaches us and Islam places <laughs> ethics and the way in which we navigate with each other at the helm of the purpose of Islam itself. You will all know the famous hadith of the Holy Prophet of Islam, Rasulullah Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sallam. Innama bu'ithtu li'utammima makarimal akhlaq. I have been sent for the purpose of raising man's akhlaq to the peak of its pedestal. How then can it be that we are following the religion of this man that when differences arise between you and I, our akhlaq goes in the gutter. The way in which we speak to each other, the way in which we talk about one another, what we share about one another, and the way that we have forgotten the very most basic elements that human beings are going to differ amongst themselves. Is there any two human beings that thinks alike? Twins born from the same womb don't think alike. How can you and I that have spanned generations 
geographies, what we read, how much time we reflect, how much time we sit with others, how much we've taken into consideration of other people's opinions, how can we ever come to one unanimous opinion amongst even two people, let alone an entire community of several thousand? It requires us to return back to this question of how we navigate differences of opinion when they rise. And what it is that the Qur'an, the Ahlul Bayt and our ulama have told us about the ways in which we are supposed to navigate these differences of opinion. What our responsibilities are, what the rights of one another upon us are, and practical solutions when certain matters arise amongst ourselves so that we can grow to being a mature community when it deals with some of these differences of opinion that rise from time to time. What will we be looking at? In these next few weeks, I will be presenting to you, firstly, the reason why difference of opinion arises. I will from time to time give you statements of our ulama themselves and examples from our ulama themselves on how they deal with differences of opinion amongst themselves. And of course, we will be referring to the examples of Ahlul Bayt. Salawatullahu wasalamu alayhi majma'een. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the Holy Quran gives us a foundational verse as to how differences of opinion were created in the first place. And differences of opinion came from knowledge itself. When people were given knowledge of different types, sometimes the way in which people used that knowledge or the way in which they engaged with each other with that knowledge was the source of differences of opinion amongst themselves. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Al-Baqarah, chapter number 2. It should be interesting that of course this verse is given to us in Surah Al-Baqarah, the very you know, beginning of the Holy Quran. So that when we read, we don't miss it. This is a foundational verse that so much of the rest will be built upon. Verse 213, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says the following. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. كَانَ النَّاسُ أُمَّةً وَاحِدًا Mankind was of one religion, or they were one people at one time. Mankind was of one people at one time. What happened then? فَبَعَثَ اللَّهُ النَّبِيِّينَ مُبَشِّرِينَ وَمُنْذِرِينَ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala raised prophets as bringers of glad tidings and warners. وَأَنزَلَ مَعَهُمُ الْكِتَابَ بِالْحَقِّ لِيَحْكُمَ بَيْنَ النَّاسِ فِي مَا اخْتَلَفُوا فِيهِ And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent down scripture, book, revelation, in truth, to judge between people concerning that which they differed in. So differences of opinion existed, but كَانَ النَّاسِ أُمَّةً People were one people, but they did have differences amongst themselves. And so Allah raised prophets. He raised with them revelation so that it may judge between them. It may give them the solutions as to how they may deal with these differences amongst themselves. 
Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala now expresses the problems that came as a result of this prophet and this revelation that was sent to people. And none differed over the scripture except those who were given it. Those who were given the books of revelation, they differed over it after clear proofs had come to them. Why? Out of jealousy and animosity that existed amongst themselves. So because there was jealousy and animosity amongst themselves, when knowledge came to them, they misused that knowledge as a means of being able to use it against one another. You all remember the verses that speak about the mission of the Holy Prophet of Islam, Rasulullah Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sallam. In the order of the prophetic model, the way in which the Prophet has to deal with his own people, he first has to purify them. Then he can teach them about the book. Not the other way around. He doesn't teach them the book which then purifies them. No, no. If they themselves can't purify themselves from hatred, from jealousy, from animosities, what good is the book going to be with them in the first place? They will only end up using the book as what? Baghyam bainahum, as a means of animosity amongst themselves. So when knowledge comes to us, when differences of opinion come to us, we have to understand that number one, they existed. Number two, when people come with resolutions, even the prophets, forget little people like me, when we talk about the prophets of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with revelation, the perfect knowledge, even then people differed with them. Why? Because they themselves have a problem internally. That they weren't willing to listen. They weren't willing to think. They weren't willing to accept. And because there existed within me, within us, this problem of jealousy, animosity, how we deal with each other. I don't like you, I don't like your family, you used to do something, you've come from another Husseiniya, you've come from another country. Because these animosities existed amongst people, when knowledge came to them, they couldn't use the knowledge properly, they used it as a means of corruption against one another. So what happens? The differences become even wider and wider and wider. Which tells us that the starting point needs to be from within as to how I look at the other person when their knowledge comes to me, when their difference of opinion comes to me. Now here, because this is just an introduction to show you what I wish to be able to present over these next few weeks, what I wish to do is to show you what ulama have said about differences of opinion, why differences of opinion come, and then to show you some of the great akhlaq that existed amongst the ulama when they themselves used to differ with each other. And then inshallah from next week we can start going into the series proper. So I brought with me 
a quote. And each week I plan to bring you different quotes from ulama, inshallah, great scholars, leading scholars about differences of opinion, to show you how they used to deal with it. I'll show you how there existed differences at the time of the Prophet, even on moon sighting. I'll show you hadith, that the Prophet himself had to deal with differences of opinion on moon sighting. And I'll show you how he used to deal with these issues as well. Let's have a think about some of these things together, inshallah. One of the scholars says the following. The difference of opinion about one reality in kathura, when it multiplies, when there's one reality, when there's actually one issue, one mas'ala, in kathura, when it, when it multiplies, when it has a number of differences of opinion, it indicates towards the depth of understanding of that one thing. When there's multiple opinions about one thing, it shows you the depth of understanding of that one thing. Any issue, any matter, it shows you how wide the comprehension is of that matter. If you were to return it back to its one root, if you were to return it back towards its, 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 its point of essence and its creation, this difference of opinion, if you go back to it, you would see that it contains the summation of what has been stated about that, about that thing and what all the things have been based on that understanding. What has been based upon that understanding? For example, the ilm, the amal, the hal, the dhawq, or ghayru dhalik. That one's knowledge, one action and experience of that matter, his own personal state, his tastes and experience of this world, all of these things contribute to the difference of opinions amongst mankind. These are the ulama that are saying this. That the reality is that it's not a problem when differences arise amongst ourselves. This shows how deep that particular matter is. And it shows us that each time one person comes to that matter, they themselves are bringing their human experience to this matter. Their ijtihadat to this matter. Their, ex their actions to this matter. This is how the ulama perceive differences of opinion. Now, I'm going to give you a story of two of our greatest of scholars. And I want to show you how they deal with differences of opinion. Again, as I said, this is introductory to give you a flavor of what I'm going to be presenting to you over these next few weeks. The two scholars in particular are His Eminence Alama Sayyid Muhammad Hussein Taba Tabai, who is the author of Kitab Al-Mizan, one of the greatest books of tafsir, and his student, Grand Ayatollah, Sheikh Nasir Makarim Shirazi. So there's no doubt about the, 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 how, how two, these two individuals are giants of our schools of thought, correct? There's no difference of opinion about them in, in their stature and what they have accomplished and their intellectual knowledge. This is a very well-known story. Sayyid Taba Taba'i, rahmatullahi ta'ala alayhi, finished writing Tafsir al-Mizan. In fact, he finished writing it on Laylatul Qadr, which I think is an endorsement from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala about the efforts that he had 
achieved. He then comes to his student, Ayatollah Sheikh Nasir Makarim Shirazi, and says to him, I want you to translate Tafsir al-Mizan from the Arabic into the Farsi. It's 20 volumes. I want you to translate my work. Why am I choosing you? Because you understand the philosophies that I have used to be able to write this tafsir. You understand the language that I have used, the, the terminologies that I have used. So when you translate it from Arabic to Farsi, you will be able to translate my words accurately without there being a gap in the opinion such that a reader would misunderstand my words in the Farsi language. Listen to the response of Sheikh Nasser. Ayatollah al-Adama, Sheikh Nasser Makarim responded by saying, you also know that I am a great philosopher. I have knowledge as well. Am I okay? Do you permit me that when I find a difference of opinion with you in your work, I write a footnote differing with your opinion in your translation? So you have written 20 volumes, but I as Mujtahid in my own right have a right to differ with your opinion. Do you allow me to be able to write my opinion in the footnotes differing directly with your opinion? Do the ulama allow differences of opinion? What do you think? Yes or no? How do they deal with differences of opinion? Listen to the response from Sayyid Tabatabai. First, let us debate our differences of opinion in private. And then, if we have not come to a conclusion, I allow you to make it public. Not that I allow you to go and make videos and emails and text messages and nonsense that comes from some people in our communities. Nonsense and just spouting whatever they think. This political situation comes up, I don't like this president, I don't like this secretary, I don't like this dhakir, I don't like this alim, I don't like what he or she has said, I'm going to create a campaign. Let us have the discussion in private, let us understand our differences of opinion, if we cannot resolve it, then you may go out to the public and present your difference of opinion. But it's not a difference of opinion emotionally. It's an intellectual difference of opinion where you have written your argument and I can write my argument and we'll come to a conclusion. Now look at the difference between this example and the way many examples come to us from within our own communities. We need to ensure that we are like the prophetic model of deeper, differ, de dealing with differences of opinion. Like the ulama in dealing with differences of opinion. Not when our emotions take us in one way or another, not allowing us to be part of those people that create fitna and ikhtilaf within the communities. Inshallah, from next week, we will go into details of this discussion on adab al-ikhtilaf, how to handle the differences of opinion amongst ourselves. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Wa la'asr, inna al-insana lafi khusr. إلا الذين آمنوا وعملوا الصالحات وتواصوا بالحق وتواصوا بالصبر
الله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وبه نستعين ثم الصلاة والسلام على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين وعلى أهل بيته الطيبين الطاهرين المعصومين أما بعد أويت السيبي of humanity my respected brothers and sisters السلام عليكم جميعا ورحمة الله وبركاته In our political discourse there seems to be a back and forth table tennis match going on between two parties. On one side, there is the accusation of rife anti-Semitism that exists within one party. Wherever anti-Semitism exists, in any of, it form, any of its forms, we as the Muslim community condemn it and we stand shoulder to shoulder with our brothers of all faiths and especially in this conversation with our partners in the Judaic faith against anti-Semitism. In the same way, there is the presentation of rampant Islamophobia and willful ignorance of this issue within the conservative, within the Tory party. This needs to be stamped out as quickly as possible. There needs to be an independent investigation, the presentation of which allows us as Muslims to be better informed of how this is existing structurally, why it has been allowed to go on for so long institutionally, and then we are in a better position to decide where our votes lie, whether it lies with the party who is institutionally Islamophobic or otherwise. This is something that you and I as Muslims should be expecting because if our own governments cannot deal with Islamophobia from within, then certainly it will not be able to deal with it from without and the external Islamophobia that exists within 